With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to the Flow Track Podcast on a Monday morning. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in live on YouTube. If you haven't, you can subscribe to the channel. You can also listen to this in an audio format wherever you get your podcasts. Gordon, your favorite event of 2021 lived up to the billing this past weekend. Great couple of days for you. Yeah, and the event is only going to get better. Uh, there, I think it's safe to say the actual best runner in this event has yet to even run it, and it's already an amazing event. So, uh, that person's probably going to run live on Flow this weekend on Saturday or Friday. I'm not sure what day, but yeah, the 5K on the men's side is so deep, especially now if you throw in someone like Cole Hawker into the mix, a Nico Young now showing a, a fast time. It is. Utterly insane. Utterly, utterly insane. <laughs> Let's go in chronological order here. Let's start first with the Friday night Drake Relays men's 5,000. And we're going to get in the show to the biggest winners from the USATF Grand Prix meet and the biggest question marks as well coming up in a little bit. But I want to I want to touch on this men's NCAA 5,000 right now because we are in the midst of a historic season. So it started off on Friday night with Nico Young running the American junior record at Drake, 13.24, that big PB that people expected once he got the opportunity to run fast. So what, first of all, what did you think of Nico's run on Friday? Uh, it's impressive. Uh, it's, it's, uh, he's showing that he could be our next, you know, great young talent uh, to come in, like, since we've had, like, a, a Grant Fisher. I feel like he's kind of flirting with that Grant Fisher, maybe even better than what Grant was. Because if you look back what Grant Fisher was freshman year, I mean, coming into high school, coming out of high school as a sub-four-miler, he multi-time uh, cross-country champion. He only got, like, top 20, I think, at cross. And then, you know, he, he didn't win individually till sophomore year, but he was kind of a really slow progression. Whereas Nico Young, top five across, 
now breaks the American junior record in the five. He is a little bit faster. I remember Grant making the Olympic trials as a junior. I mean, like a junior age-wise. And it was like a mm -hmm. big deal. Now Nico Young's kind of doing the th same thing, qualifies for the Olympic trials. Um, I think we're going to be able to see, like, where did Grant finish in 2016 at the trials and where does Nico finish? We kind of mm -hmm. can see who's leading that horse race for young talent um, early on. Yeah, and you can see just where – there's a tweet we're going to put up here – just where he rack, uh, stacks up uh, with regards to NAU because it wasn't just him in this race who ran fast for the Lumberjacks. It was Abdi Hamid Nur. It was Blaze Farrow as well. But on Nico, I thought 1330 was possible. I was around. I was paying attention to track and field when German Fernandez was running the American junior record. So those guys had obviously vastly different careers, different high school uh, times at, at different, there were different eras. But one thing that Nico didn't have that was very clear that German Fernandez did have, Nico Young did not have his senior track season. So we had really no idea what Nico Young was capable of this spring. Now he ran in some races in the winter, but everything got turned upside down once the pandemic hit. So he never really got an opportunity. German Fernandez, of course, had that nuts California state meet where he runs four flat in a mile by himself, comes back, runs the insane 3,200. Uh, I should say 1,600 and 3,200 for the purists out there who are following California high school track. But Nico, yeah, he had plenty of amazing moments in his high school career, but his high school career was three and a half seasons, essentially. He did not get the full four. This, I think we're seeing his his full capability. What impressed me on this, Gordon? I mean, Morgan McDonald won this race. Obviously, Morgan McDonald, NCAA champion in his own right, has run in the 13 teens himself. Nico's kick, I mean, the, the speed with which Nico closed was mighty impressive. This was not just a, he's running the same splits all the way through. He's grinding out, grinding out. We can put up the splits here uh, and just see how quickly he closed over that that last quarter. I mean, obviously, McDonald is is more experienced, a bit stronger, a lot more miles and championship races in his head, but it, in, in his legs. But it, it impressed me. Nico was able to close quickly. Yeah, and the weird thing about Nico, when he does it, he doesn't look like he's strong at the end. He always has that facial features, body language that he's falling apart, but then you, it's kind of like- He's Connor always Mance struggling, yeah. <laughs> always look like he's struggling. It's kind of looked like, is he okay? Is he gonna be able to make it all 12 and a half laps? And then you look up mm -hmm. at the clock, and he's like, hey, he's ran 13, 24, no big deal. Uh, yeah, phenomenal race for him. The, the athlete, I mean, we can get into this later, but the depth in the 5K is just getting crazy. Cause you look at Nico, 13, 24, there was another mm -hmm. athlete who beat him the Kyrian Lum, he's going yeah. to Washington next year. He's a Canadian, so big shout out to him. So he's joining the NCAA as another sub-1330 guy. Then NAU mm -hmm. had their second and third guys go, what, 1326 and 1331 or something yeah. like that? Or 20, yeah. 25, I'm not sure your exact time. But, like, Blaze Farrow running 1330s. Abdi Hamid Nur, he's a freshman running 1320s. Uh, and then he throw in Luis Gorhalva. They're top four. Their fourth best 5K runner is a 13.31 guy. That's insane. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because Luis Gravel ran 13.17 back in December. It's <laughs> insane. And then we move forward to Saturday, if I'm remembering this. Oh, no, wait. Was this the same Was this the same night, just later on that same night? Yeah. It was, wasn't later it? Later on that evening. Okay. Yeah. West Coast time. It was kind of late for me. Might as well have been Saturday. We get the Oregon-Iowa State dual meet 
here, basically, with Cole Hawker, Cooper Tier, uh, Edwin Kurgott, and of course Wesley Kip too. We talked about thirteen eighteen being that over under line, which was kind of interesting. Of like, hey, are they going to crack into that that all time all time list? Cole Hawker ends up going thirteen nineteen, beats Cooper Tier. Uh, you could see the the exact times there as well too. I want to get into what Hawker's options look like over the next couple of weeks, but first, just generally, this did not surprise you at all, right? A 1319, a 1320, a 1320, a 1321. This goes exactly to what you've been talking about all year. When you get all these guys together, you're going to see some, some historically deep races. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I think it definitely shows that Kip 2 has a weakness, and it's his kick getting fourth in this race. Um, <coughs> excuse me. It shows the versatility of Hawker where people didn't look at him as a 5k guy. Cause you know, he ran 1330 against Centro. He wasn't in the Cooper tier Edwin Kurgat range, but now that he beats those yeah. guys, you kind of right. got to look at Hawker as like, Hey, whatever event he chooses, he'll be the favorite in. Maybe he chooses the five over the 15. I'm not sure if the 15 5k double is possible. You'd have to look at the schedule. Is it? We'll Are you talking, talking about, about it? You know yeah, about NCAA's, NCAA's or yeah. Uh, I mean, they're all tough, right? Because it's one day. That's there is true. no. I mean, what's possible really is is in the eye of the beholder. The five and the ten is possible. Completely separate days. Everything else yeah. is just is is a mess. But we are running out of weeks, though. And you can see, we'll put up the the current five thousand list. This is insane. I think this is this looks like a Gordon Mack special. When you see it in that Excel format, folks, you know that's a Gordon <laughs> Mack special there you just see how deep it is now you mentioned grijalva he hasn't run yet and i think no. there there he, is one last or maybe two last big 5ks to go here so we haven't seen the end of just the fast times before we get to the championship part of the season but for someone if we want to talk about hawker and whether or not he decides to focus on the 5k for the trials a lot of that i think is predicated on whether or not he has the olympic standard agree yeah, well, he doesn't have the Olympic standard in the 15 either, right? Right. But what is he going to want to run between now and then to get the Olympic standard? Because I don't know if they have him on a pitch count out there in Eugene, but he's been running a lot of hard efforts for several months in a row now. Perhaps they don't want to go to the well again in another 5K, and maybe the, the focus will now shift back to the 15. It's a good problem to have, and I'm curious what you think they'll do because – there's obviously West Coast Relays coming up. There's another fast meet at Oregon, Twilight Meet. You know, there's the another California meet that's going to be quick down in in the Los Angeles area, I believe. So there's a couple opportunities to run quick, but then you're going right into conference and then the championship part of the season, and well, then the decision needs to be made at that point. For someone like Hawker, though, he he only has two two meets left to really. Well, he has. This upcoming weekend, I think they're running like at o Oregon State High Performance Meet or the Desert Heat Meet in Arizona. Mm -hmm. Then they have the Oregon yeah. Twilight. But then it's Pac-12s, prelims, NCAAs. And I, there's no time to chase, I think, between NCAAs and trials, right? Because they're right up against each other. Back to back. So really, back back. he is going to have to be in a fast 1500 this weekend or next weekend if he wants to get it. Or he could try to pull a, hey, let's – Let's time trial the 1500 at Pac 12s. You know, I'm sure they're talented enough to, like, you know, use one of the Oregon guys is like, hey, 
I mean, Lowry Lorang yeah. ran a 336 at Pac 12s against Chesarek, <laughs> I remember a few years ago. So it's possible to do it at a championship meet. Um, yeah. Not common, but it's possible. Uh, but then it's also like the idea is like, do you need a chase? I mean, it's easier to chase a 15 because you can just be like, all right, let's go for one. And maybe yeah, yeah. Oregon Twilight. But if they don't, like, here's the thing. These these guys, like the Hawkers and Nico Youngs, the people who super young in their career, sometimes it's okay to just make your first trials and not try to run yourself down beforehand just to hit a, an Olympic standard. Because, like, hey, you could – I think it's okay to go – if you're a 19, 18, 20-year-old, I think it's okay to go into in the distance events. I think it's okay to go into your first Olympic trials without the standard because it's like, hey, just get there, learn how to run rounds, see what it's like. And if you did get third, Okay, but hold you, on. Yeah. Hold on. You're putting Nico and Hawker together with the purpose of discussing Olympic trials. I don't think they're the same thing. I think Hawker obviously has a much better chance to make sure. the Olympic team. So I think – the urgency is more real for Hawker than it would be for Young. And the fact that he can do a shorter event just adds credence to, okay, let's take some shots, right? He's run 350 indoors. Okay. He can run 335 outdoors, whether or not it's going to be at the Oregon Twilight, whether or not it's going to be, like you said, in at OSU or some other – like he – that is well within his range. For Young, you're asking him to what? Drop another 11 seconds? off of his his pb that he just set that's a big ask going to the championship season i agree with you on the young sentiment i think hawker though has the opportunity to make the olympic team and i don't think you can pass that up i want to so ask you me, this though i'm Go trying ahead. to figure out if hawker would be able to get in on his world ranking because sometimes you don't necessarily i mean right trying to right. he probably doesn't have a world ranking yet because he hasn't run enough 1500s but mm -hmm. he will once he goes through the whole like let me look at... so right now someone like sam prakel who doesn't have the standard he could get in on uh his ranking and this is what his ranking is his ranking has a 336 337 337 339 and 337 mm -hmm. hawker he has a 350 mile he has a 338 so he just needs to run a couple more like 338s, 337s, and I think he'll have a, a world ranking that is high enough to qualify. Not to because you also have the the race that you run at USA's that counts towards it too. So like a third place right. finish at USA's is going to boost your world ranking as well. Um, so it's a weird thing where there's going to be this scenarios where there are going to be people without the the world's the Olympic standard. Who then getting third at the at the trials actually boosts their ranking up enough where all of a sudden they have a virtual standard and maybe Hawker mm -hmm. is going to count on that. I don't mm -hmm. know. Great point. You see some world ranking stuff there. I want to put it. Can we put up the graphic of the all time men's five thousand list? I want to ask you how many guys by the end of the year you think will top this. So right now we have not we <laughs> Cole Hawker ran. That 13, 19, so that's number 12 all time. How many more marks do you think we'll see that are faster than that this season? Uh, one. I would say Just one, okay. Luis Cajalva, right? I, I don't know. It's, 
But I can also see Luis this weekend when he runs, he's like runs at 1330 and not a 13 team, right? Because he's going to be like, all right, mm-hmm. just get into the meat. Um, I do think there are multiple people who are, I think all four of the guys who are in that first, that race, Hawker, Tier, Kurgat, and Kiptu, they could probably all run faster if they wanted to. But the question is, will there ever be in a race that, asked for that right mm-hmm. and i don't think mm-hmm. yeah. the 15 the 5k final ncaa is going to ask for a 13 teams race unless i mean kipto will go out it but may... i just don't think it... <laughs> i don't know well you're right it may not ask for that but kipto may provide it because he doesn't ask permission when he runs these races he just goes for it we saw what he did indoors I, if hawker's in that race and if tears in that race and we expect here to be in at ncaa's hawker maybe just a 15 but Kip Two knows his best chance to win is going hard, make it hard from yeah, the gun. I mean, true. he he tried to he tried to run the kick out of Connor Mance in a cross country race. You don't think he's going to try to run the kick out of Cooper Tier on the track? A lot of it depends probably what happens on the ten thousand on the first day of men's competition to see how much they got left in their legs. But part of me thinks in the back of my head we might have a insanely fast championship race instead of a tactical one. Yeah. Especially because the town's going to be there. If you go back, I, I, I want to talk about this just one last moment, uh, the 5K. If you go back mm-hmm. to that graphic of the top 12 times this year, um, it was the the, the classic Gore. There it is. There Bring that one go. up. So obviously those those bottom two marks are indoor marks because they haven't run. But the first, okay, the number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 marks on that list all are mm-hmm. in the West region. They're all in the West. And then we throw in, when you throw in Luis Grijalva, who will be a top tier, the top 12 marks in the 5K will all be in the same uh, region, which is the West, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Seeing something like that where the, the best 12 runners are all from one side of the country, does that make you want to rethink the way you do East-West prelims? Because you could have an event where you are 13th in the nation, but you're not even good enough to make it to nationals. Yeah. Well, it's especially tight this year, right? Because, well, 48 to 32 doesn't impact ultimately the 12 from each region that goes, but it just creates a a bigger crunch. I just don't, what would the solution be? Just take the fastest group and then split them randomly into two regions? I mean, that would, that would seem to be kind of difficult, too, with different – like, you're going to split schools up depending on yeah, you can't do where, where they go. Yeah, yeah. I just – those are the breaks, man. And it'll – it's it's been this way for a while now. I'm sure there's events where the East is stronger than the West, uh, and it and it balances out. But, yeah, you're saying – so, basically, you could run 13-30 this year and not make it. Like, that's a real yeah. possibility from the West. Yeah, it's insane. And also, think about the way you qualify in the 5K. Because the 5K isn't a one-heat qualifier. It's two mm-hmm. heats, and it's top five automatic. What if right. the way the draw ends up that Tier, Kurgot, Kip2, like all the best guys are in one heat, right? Yeah. And it's even yeah. harder to like be top five to get an auto berth. And maybe there's a situation where – it's an amazing athlete like a kip two doesn't make it mm-hmm. like imagine if it's if it's tactical 
and Kip two is in the same heat with Hawker, Tier, Grijalva, um, mm-hmm. Louis, uh, you know, a bunch of you know, uh, a Connor Mance, right? Yeah, a bunch of gamers, and then he just gets six because it's a tactical, and then all of a sudden he's not in the in the meet. So, mm-hmm. I think there's going to be one or two really good five k runners out of the West who are watching. I think there will be one or two five. I think there's going to be someone from the West who probably yeah. could have been top three at nationals who won't make it because mm-hmm. maybe top five at nationals who won't make it. So, yeah. Anyway, here's the ch- here's the championship results. We'll put them up right now from the from the five thousand, ten thousand recent history. Who's who's it going to be? You have a new pick. Who's going to be the twenty twenty one champion, Gordon? Luis Grijalva. Sticking with it, huh? Yeah, I gotta There's say, no not to. my my Kip two pick. Most people would jump ship at this point. I'm not. I'm sticking around. I'm staying there. I like the consistency. Is the closing speed there? No, it's not where I wanted to be. But we still got another month, month and my, a half. My hot take is we're all on the Cole Hawker train, right? In the fifteen and the five. But yeah. I honestly think there's a fifteen hundred meter runner out there who could beat Hawker, and a five k runner out there who could beat Hawker. And one of them runs in South Bend, Indiana. The other one runs in Flagstaff, <laughs> Arizona. And I think this shows a depth that so and so great as Hawker. There's also another guy out there on both events who could challenge for the win. And Yared Nagus in the 15 and Lewis oh, Grijalva yeah. in, the, in the five. So, yeah, I don't think it's a shoe in by by any means. But you just look at the way he's winning these races. He just racks up win after win, and he has that kick that is just so hard to to figure out if you're an opponent. And obviously when you run 13, 19 and you have 350 mile speed and you can close, as we've seen, how he closes indoors in particular in that 3K, heck, even in that mile, it's just like he's got all the tools. Figuring out how to beat him is going to be gonna be really hard. Not impossible. You're right. I mean, we forget I mean, even about Sam Tanner, right? You forget about Sam Tanner, yeah. who could win the 15 as well, too. He was a stud indoors. Yeah, he's going to the Olympics. Exactly. But the thing about Grijalva is, like, we, I think everyone kind of just looks at Grijalva at, at his cross-country performances, and they forget that, like, he literally beat Cooper Tier by two seconds in a 5K in a fast time. You know, he outkicked mm-hmm. the guy who almost beat Cole Hawker. You know, so I think Grijalva, well, they... people are sleeping on him because they just think of his cross-country performances. Well, and the track performances, he doesn't he doesn't have a signature track championship performance. He's done a lot of things in 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 time trial settings, but yeah, like you look at his look at his Tifer's page there. I mean, go 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 command F and hit NCAA championships. And he's been solid a lot, but he doesn't have that one performance. So I totally I totally understand why people would uh put other people ahead of him. What's that? Can we scroll on that Luis Grijalva graph? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's scroll down on the. Let's go into this. Is the into the mind of of Gordon here? This is what Gordon spends hours and hours of his time doing. Keep going down here. Keep going down. Let's go to his. I mean, he. You know, we don't have. Again, there, there has uh, that BU race right seven forty three. The the five thousand was impressive, but if we keep going down, you go to his. What's his highest track performance? I think it's indoors. Right, I don't think he's finished top ten right in the nation. So he dead, yeah, he's dead last in that five k in twenty nineteen right. outdoors. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, a it's, it's a long time ago now. It's a yeah, but it's a long time ago now. So it, is it that relevant? No. Yeah, here's the indoor one. Scroll over. I, I can't see what the what the place is there, but uh, there we go. Yeah, fourteen. 14. So again, 
doesn't mean he can't do it. It's been a long time. Two years ago, Cole Hawker was, would not have been in the conversation for NCAA champion. So, so a lot, a lot of things can change, but it's tough to put, to say like, for sure, he's going to be ahead of Mance. For sure. He's going to be ahead of Kurgot guys who have won NCAA titles. Uh, you, you've, you've explained how deep this is. Um, all right, let's talk. We got some people joining the chat here. So uh, on YouTube, so if you're watching on YouTube, uh, biggest winners and biggest question marks that you have, that's what we're going discuss to right, discuss right now from the USATF Grand Prix meet. If you watched it the, over the weekend in Eugene or just any question or winner that you have in the track world over the weekend, I want to start first here with uh, the winners, Gordon, and then we want to go to the question marks. Does that sound okay? Sure. Let's start with the winners. And Shawnee miller Webo, first person I want to talk about. Now, the women's 400 came at the beginning part of the meet, so we didn't really know what the times were going to look like, especially on the sprint side, how fast of a meet it was going to be. But it became clear towards the end that this was not a great day for sprinting. <laughs> Men's 400, the, the 200, both hundreds, there wasn't an eye-popping time. But miller Webo's time was the best of the bunch, 49.08. That's her fourth fastest time ever. And when we talked about this on Friday, Gordon, I brought up, I want to see the gap between her and everybody else. And as you could see, if you watch the race, you just look at the results, there was a big, big gulf between her and everybody else. Also, her necklace in her mouth for a good portion of the race. You can shave off a couple of uh, hundreds there as well. I mean, you're looking at, you're looking at sub 49 here. Uh, in the near future for for Miller Weibo, I think. I love the uh, matching kit to wig. It's very good look. The, the pink hair to the pink kit. Very fresh. That was my one takeaway. I'm just saying, she looked good. She looked good uh, on the track. And uh, backed it up with some great performance. All right. That's all. Well, I mean... She's yeah, the so best in you the think world. though about I mean she should have won that race. She ran fast. I think she is one of the I think it's a weird year where there are only going to be a select few who are in like what they they're in their peak form because of a long COVID of 2020. It's gonna be hard to have, you know the top five in every event all be in their best form. And this is, she's one of them where she's in her best form. Like you see, we'll talk about like Michael Norman, he runs a 44 high. That's mm -hmm. not his best form, but so whenever you get a sprinter, like a, like a Shawnee Miller Weibo, like a Shakari Richardson, like a, it's another sprinter who's doing well right now. Uh, a Terrence Lair. Fred Curley. Fred Curley. It's like you kind of appreciate it because you know that because of that long layoff, it's going to be hard to get all the top sprinters all back into their peak form. And it's good that now mm -hmm. Shawnee Miller-Weibo joins the list of I'm back, track is back, I'm ready to dominate in the summer. So, yeah, I mean, Irby, 50-28, pretty good sign for her. Beard, 50-38. That women's 400 is impossible to on the American side, it's going to be impossible to, to sort out, I think, for another couple months here. Like we, we may go into the trials with six names, seven names of people who can make that team. It's going to be, it's going to be incredibly difficult there. Uh, uh, Irby trains with Miller Weibo as well, too. So you got that added bonus 
there. Like she's keying off of, got a photo after the race with uh, those two and the, the coach Lance Brahman. Good advantage for Irby, knowing that she's training with uh, one of the best women in the world. Miller Weibo's all-time performances are kind of interesting if you look at them, like where they've come from. Because now she's got, she's got two in uh, April, because in 2019 she ran a really fast time in in April as well too in in Florida. She ran a 49.05 in Florida. Then you have this one. So you have two 49.0s from April. Then you have the Doha race, which was in October of 2019, the World Championship, when she ran 49.37. And then just you have a Monaco from 2019 in July. So you have October, July, April, April. It's just interesting because of how meticulous coaches are about planning out a season that like that's how it's worked out. And she's obviously run enough 400s where you should get like a pretty good sample size. But for whatever reason, she got two awesome ones in April and then uh, peaked well for the the world championships and then has a big run in, in late July as well too. Um, all right, next winner, next winner. Uh, Oliver Hoare. Oliver Hoare, I think, was a big winner. And Aussie mid-distance running in general. If anybody watched, a lot of people maybe didn't see the Aussie championships a couple weeks ago. Might have gone under the radar. Stuart McSwain and Jai Edwards ran this epic race. I just love the way Oliver Hoare runs. We've talked about this in regard to Josh Kerr. Completely fearless. They go out there. They do not do the sit and kick thing. They run with no regard for their own well-being. They hop aboard the rabbit. And then when the rabbit steps off, there's no third lap slowdown. There's no dawdle. There's no looking around and trying to figure out the kick. And Hoare here is rewarded with an outdoor PB, got an indoor PB running a similar style during the indoor season. I just like the way he's attacking this event, Gordon. And if you look at, hey, how's the men's 1500 going to be run at the at the Olympics this year? Let's look at how the top two guys run it. Does Timothy Chariot really lay back and, and chill? No. He goes at it from the gun. No holds barred. Jakob Ingebrigtsen races the same way. So Oliver Hoare right now is perfectly suited. And you could say the Aussies in general, because if McSwain runs a 15, we saw him do it at the Aussie champs. And Jai Edwards, you know, they ran those 333s running the same way. They're perfectly suited for how that event is being run right now, which bodes well. I don't think it's going to be a traditional sit and kick style of race. I think people are going to key off Chariot. And I think Chariot's going to do the same thing he did in in Doha. So great run here for for Oliver Hoare. Yeah, and he, he looked down the the list uh night he kind of was in no man's land, kind of finished there in second. Donovan Brazier won the the pack race because there was that yeah. big separation. So it makes sense that Brazier would be in basically he got first in his separate race because Oliver Hoare and Knight were in their own worlds. Um but the fastest uh last four hundred was by the high school kid Hobbs Kessler, uh, fifty six zero. Does not break the high school fifteen hundred meter record. I think it was about two seconds off, but still three forty, legitimate as a high school senior. And if he he beat some legitimate people who are paid professionals, Johnny Gregor, mm-hmm. Jordy Beamish, Bryce Hopple. I mean, he's an eight hundred, so he doesn't count. But yeah, uh, it's uh, very impressive that he can mix it up in this race and feel confident you got to think he is going to be eyeing to try to get to that 37.5 which is the trials standard to be able to run at the olympic trials Mm -hmm. so he's going to be definitely chasing 
some fast 37.5 paced race to try to make the trials as a high school senior. And credit to Justin Knight, who has the same agent as Oliver Hoare, took a good picture after the race. He went with him and he said on this podcast, Knight said, I want the Olympic standard in the 1500. Doesn't mean he's going to run the Olympic 1500, but said he he wanted it and went for it. Came up a little bit short, 335.85, so less than a second off of it. But he didn't stay back with that group. It's funny too, because he mentioned he'd he'd only lead a race if Brazier was in it. And the fact that Brazier was in it maybe got him going a little bit because he was in that first group. And as you said, Brazier was he won that that chase group. And for a while, Hopple was wandering there in no man's land. It was kind of interesting. The way Hoare runs, and this is why it's impressive, especially in a paced race setting. So I know that objective isn't to win rabbited races all the time, right? The objective, hey, it's trials, it's the Olympics, it's the world championships. But it seems to be a good method to win a 1500 is to make your opponent make a decision early in the race to commit or to not commit. Because basically what Oliver Hoare did by going with Craig Nowak, who did a really good job rabbiting, by the way, he made everybody question their own fitness. Hey, uh, do I have enough to run 333 today? Oh, I'm not sure. And it just strung out the whole race. And then so you had someone like Hopple who, and Brazier, who obviously if it went slower, you think could factor in because of how fast that they can close. But he rendered their kicks irrelevant and mixed up the whole chase pack behind him because then people were kind of stuck. Oh, I'm, I'm, am I too far? Am I too close to Knight and Hoare? Or am I too close to the pack behind me? He just forces people to make decisions. Kerr does the exact same thing. Obviously, Chirrut and Ingebrigtsen have done it at a higher level. But it's just a good method for trying to win a, a rabbited race uh, if that's your goal, is to just stick to that pace, stick to that rabbit, and make everybody react. Yeah. Um, and the, the the conditions were kind of kind of overcast. It wasn't like perfect 1,500-meter uh, weather conditions. But, man, I'll say it again. We need more Americans to run like these international guys because we talk about winners. The winners, again, are the three people with the standard in Josh Thompson, yep. uh, Craig Engels, and Matt Sensowitz. This has been a perfect opportunity to try to get the standard. Uh, and only Oliver Hoare went with the rabbit. Justin Knight kind of went with it too. Uh, but yeah, he did. Hey, man, we're, we're running out. Of, we're less than 10 weeks away from the trials. Mm-hmm. We need more 1,500 meter men with the standard, or else we're going to get on that starting line. And it's just going to be weird because every day Centro sits back and is like, hey, thanks, guys. <laughs> I don't have to work as hard now, you know? I can continue to finish eighth in races and you guys can continue to run 337s and uh, not 335. Yeah, and we talked about it last week. Keep an eye on how many people get the standard. Every week that it doesn't happen just increases the odds of of the three that already have it. Although it's worth mentioning, you brought up the world ranking situation before. Maybe some people will get into that, but nobody wants to do that much math. Everybody wants to have a 334.99 and just not worry about it. Does yeah. anybody want to try, try to calculate this stuff? As of right now, the world ranking, John Gregoric, Ben Blankenship, and Sam Prakel can get in on their world ranking. Okay, yeah, we put we can put that we can put that up again with those those world rankings. But 
Yeah, it's just a lot of mystery though, right? Because then there's going to be, because they add this most recent performance and they take off that old performance and this meat has more weight than the other meat. And it's it's definitely hard to to figure out. Um, yeah. And just the I mean, odds we'll of it, up... right? The... Yeah, it's, it's weird. What were we going to say? I was going to say, there's going to be somebody though who's running well, who for whatever reason doesn't have a good world ranking and they're not going to have that card of oh i just have to stay worried about it i just think yeah. it's a net gain for those three any anytime there's a race being run where it's slower than 335 uh from the american perspective it's a net gain for centro thompson angles it's just one one less person that they're going to need to potentially worry about what else you want to talk about here we go trayvon bromel another winner Someone wants to know about your uh, your cold take on Noah Williams. We're getting to that. We're getting to that. We're saving that for the end. That's the best part of the show. We want it. We don't want to give that away in, in the beginning. Trayvon Bromel, though, we could put up these 100-meter results here. If you haven't watched the race, go back and watch the race because Trayvon Bromel's start was the equivalent to a boxer going out to the middle of the ring and just delivering a haymaker in the first second. I mean, he ended this thing, Gordon, in the first – 10 meters with how quickly he reacted to the gun and how well he got out. I bet he wants to bottle that, keep it, copy it, save it, make an NFT of it. So he has it come <laughs> Olympic trials, come the Olympic games, the rest of the race, you know, 10 Oh one, it's not gonna be as fast as time, but if you can find a better Trayvon Bromel start, please find it for me. I'd love to see it. I know the conditions weren't that great, but nobody was a factor in this race at all other than Bromel just because of how quickly he reacted to that gun. I was just, I was incredibly impressed. The ending margin of victory 0.16 over Noah Lyles. And we're used to Lyles really moving well the last 50 meters and he probably did here, but the deficit was just so big because of how well Bromel got out. Just very impressed, especially considering it's his first 100 of the year. Yeah, I'm trying to see he ran 10 one into a headwind. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to see uh, negative 0 0.2. What's the altitude of uh, Eugene? Of Eugene, Oregon? Not very okay. high. So the it basically converts to a 10 flat when you uh, mm -hmm. include the headwind. Because uh, it wasn't that too much. But hey, I was talking, I was making a side joke with you about Trayvon Bromel. He actually didn't have okay. the the world olympic standard because mm -hmm. he ran all of his fast times during the dead period in 2020 so they didn't count uh i was hoping that we would have trayvon bromel run all these fast times into 2.1 wind so therefore he i wasn't hoping he doesn't have That's a legal mean. mark That's it would have been a great storyline because no one would know we're like wait a minute trayvon bromel needs legal wind or else he doesn't get to go to the olympics it'd be, it'd be a right, great right, story right. He, you know he needs the gods <laughs> to come down and say uh, let Terrible the wind story. be peaceful anyway so uh but yeah trayvon i mean he smokes noah lyles he, I, who else no i don't i mean the next other guys are baker and and gatlin mm -hmm. i mean gatlin's mm -hmm. not running anything out of his mind he's running nine nine eights nine nine seven so 10 flats in that range baker has a little bit of a faster pb i mean season best but Trayvon Bumel just seems like he's in another world right now of focus. And I think 
he's the heavy favorite going into the Olympic trials and then ultimately mm-hmm. the Olympics because the winner of the Olympic trials is probably going to win the Olympics. Yeah, they're definitely going to be the favorite at the very least. Yeah, you talked to him last week. If people haven't checked out the podcast, we got a couple clips up there as well about winners and what's the difference between a winner and a loser in 100. Well, now you know. <laughs> it's starting like Trayvon Bromel. We can throw up that graphic there. You can see uh, some of the clips that you cut out with, with Bromel. Good interview if people haven't checked it out already. I, I want to put in one of the question marks right now. Gordon, I know we've been separating these into winners and question marks, but I'll on the same topic, I'll throw in the question mark now of Lyles' double. Not that he was ever a favorite to win the 100 and the 200, right? That's a hard thing to do. But because of how well Bromel is running and because of how well Gatlin and, and Baker have looked in some early season performances, uh, you know, Lyles said after the race in a tweet, it was cold, rainy, uh, good race. Uh, happy with his 10-17, but it's just going to be, it's going to be hard to do that double. I think still he is the overwhelming favorite in the 200. I've said it time and time again. I would bet my house on it and I just bought a house and now I have three kids. I did not clear it with any of the people in my house, but I feel supremely confident in him in the 200. But the 100, the 100 is going to be tough. The 100 is going to be tough. And you know, two years ago, we did not see the comeback coming from Bromel. We obviously didn't see Coleman being suspended, so maybe you sub one out and then replace it with with the other one there. But it's we haven't seen that yet, and maybe we will see it in the coming months. But we haven't seen a a big Lyles one hundred to put him as as the top ranked guy in the U.S. in the hundred. Yeah, and when Lyles was at his best in the hundred, he wasn't dominating anyone. He was winning races very closely. Uh, right, right. So. I think it's okay. I mean, I was talking to Trayvon about this and like a lot of times like the world and like the media and the fans, they kind of want Noah Lyles to be the next Usain Bolt and they're kind of like putting this on him and like you have the charisma, you're really fast, you're you're fun and you're winning these great races and you need to yeah. be our next Bolt. And maybe Noah Lyles isn't designed to be the next 100, 200 double champion multiple multiple mm-hmm. times maybe he is designed to be an all-time great 200 meter runner and mm-hmm. that's okay like there could be that point of like there's like it's gonna be weird how he could go on and like break the american record in the 200 win olympic gold mm-hmm. in the 200 but like people be like yeah well you didn't really make the 100 meter team it's just kind of like not that good. It's like, what, are, you, are you kidding me? The guy just no, yeah, broke Michael Johnson's no. record, and he he's dominating in an event. Like no one criticizes, you know, Matt Sensowitz for not being really good at the eight hundred. It's like whatever, yeah. You know? So, yeah. Uh, it was an interesting thing that maybe it is. He's in this unique stage where he has to kind of deal with like the expectation is for me to dominate the one and two. But yeah. maybe I should internally know that the expectation should be be the greatest 200-meter runner of all time. And I think yeah. he can achieve that. And I think the 100 probably helps his 200. Yeah. It helps round him out as, as a runner. The competition is just a little steeper. We've talked about it time and time again. The 200 for the last few years, especially when you get to these championship meets, when injuries factor in and when people doubling back from either the, the 100, most commonly, or sometimes dropping down the 400, you just don't get the primo field that you get 
sometimes in the hundreds. So whether it was Coleman a couple of years ago or obviously Bromel now, it's just it's a, a deeper group that you have to navigate through. And he anybody who watches Lyles run the 200, that's his event, right? Yeah. He's built for that event. That event is is, is sensational. Um, we got this tweet, another tweet here from Lyles. This is interesting. Uh, to, <laughs> when this was from? Oh, this was... Uh, Oh, this is from uh, 2019. 2019. Oh, yeah, when they were doing the comparison. Yeah, yeah, he's right. It's very hard to run a fast at championship. I apologize for the Bolt Who comment. Oh, this is after, I think it was Zahn. He broke his he broke his meat record and then posted Bolt Who, and then Bolt was was posting responses because after Doha, he didn't run that fast. I was fine with it. Lyle's, no, man. Lyle's is on I'm just on trying to for, be myself. For, yeah. Yeah, Bolt, I don't think anybody thought, oh, Noel Lyles is saying he's uh, all-time great. He just broke his meat record. If you broke a Usain Bolt meat record, talk, talk. You deserve to talk. I don't, you know, Bolt wants to come out of retirement and beat you. He can come out of retirement and beat you. So everybody's being too nice here. We all know that Bolt's the GOAT. That's fine. But Lyles', Lyles event is a 200, right? You just see the way he masters that curve. You see how smooth he is down the home stretch. So for him to be good at that and another event is a bonus. But I, I 100% agree we, we shouldn't compare him to 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 bolt in that regard and call call his career anything less than than great if he doesn't turn out to to get a gold in the hundred as well too two more winners uh jasmine camacho quinn keeps rolling gordon 1246 in the high hurdles again the conditions were not fast and she ran she ran a really good time so backs that up after the 12-3 i think she's a metal threat for sure I think we need to start talking about her as a metal threat. The U.S. picture obviously is going to be very muddy until they send send three runners. But I, mean, I haven't seen much from Danielle Williams so far this year from Jamaica. So you're really just leaning on whoever the three Americans are. And we do not know who those three Americans will be. Obviously, Kenny Harrison will, will uh, be in good form. She's run fast this year. But uh, you have to like what Camacho Quinn's been doing early season. This may be naive of me, but why hmm. is Puerto Rico separate when it comes to international competition and not part of America? Gordon, advocating for Puerto Rico's statehood. Well, no, not, not but like, the they, aren't they are, they're a U.S. They're a U.S. something. Aren't they something part of I don't know the. G yeah. Territory. Yeah. 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 Territory. Well, like U.S. So uh, U.S. U.S. Virgin Islands. So if you want, let's turn this into a hoops conversation, right? U.S. Virgin Islands. Tim Duncan from the Virgin Islands. I think one year at the World Basketball Championship, he sat out the U.S. game versus the Virgin Islands. It was maybe, it, it wasn't in the Olympics, but it was like a preparation game out of respect, oh, wow. out of respect for the Virgin Islands. He did not, did not play that game. Yeah. There's different, feder like uh, in terms of international competition, they have their own, uh, separate governing body but you're right they're a territory could anyway. she compete for america though if she wanted to that i don't know that i do not know Maybe and now did. with and the trans can choose yeah well, well with, with the transfer of allegiance stuff right now it's getting stricter and stricter so i don't know if you want to you know mess with that stuff okay here go uh here we go uh thank you travis this is you got a super producer you got travis and alan uh collabing here I, although i can't see it the font is too big but those of you watching can can look at the political status of of puerto rico can you read that gordon i can't it's too small for my I can't eyes read it. it's too small for us 
Oh, here we go. We got it. The political status. Go ahead. The political status of Puerto Rico is that of an unincorporated territory of the United States. As such, the island of Puerto Rico is neither a sovereign nation nor a U.S. state because of that ambiguity. 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 I'm gonna skip that word. Ambiguity. <laughs> ambiguity. Ambiguity. Oh my goodness! I can't say that word. Ambiguity. 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 The territory mm -hmm. as a pol polity lacks certain rights, but enjoys certain benefits that other polities have or lack. So it's like there this, it like, it's half, it's kind of, kind of not, I don't know. I just think, imagine if the U.S. could be like, hey. We're resigning. We're signing <laughs> you're, you're now Americans and let's, uh, let's go dominate, dominate the world in international events. Right. Because mm -hmm. I was thinking about, I really thought about this a lot when the world baseball classic was going on a few years ago and there was a team mm -hmm. Puerto Rico and they're like yeah. doing really good. I was like, all those Puerto Rican baseball players, they should be on team USA and that we should be dominating. But you know, mm -hmm. I don't know. This is interesting. I'm guessing anyway. at a certain point there, well, I'm guessing at a certain point there was a choice where to, where to compete for. And then they made yeah. the, the, the choice and then, then stuck with the ambiguity, ambiguity. Ambigu Can you do it? Ambiguity. 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 Is that ambiguity? We're getting closer. We're getting closer. Ambiguity. I had to take speech class. Our listener. I, I, uh, I, I had a stutter growing up as well, too. Yeah. So I appreciate the effort there. Um, our listenership spiked right around then, too. I think someone posted it on, on social media because they just saw the amount of people tuning in went up. Okay. One more winner. Uh, the Michael Norman, Rye Benjamin friendship because they do everything in tandem. I don't think they're roommates anymore. They were roommates, and then I think they finished school, and then they moved on. But they are still in sync. There's obviously that famous clip of them when they did their warm-up together, like right before they settled into the blocks, and they're literally like slapping their legs at the same time and reaching up to the sky. Yeah, yeah exactly. Gordon is showing you if you're watching on the YouTube feed. But this was uh, this was a, a, a fun race. Indoors, they were lockstep. Norman wins at 44, 67, 44, 98. Justin Robinson, third in 45-55. Not much you can take from mid-44s. If you're Rye Benjamin and your main event is a four-meter hurdles, you got to be happy with the fact that you're this close to to Norman. But it seems like no matter what, they'd match each other. I almost think if you threw Michael Norman in a four-meter hurdle race, he'd be close to Rye Benjamin somehow. Whoa, we need to I mean, see not, that. We need... <laughs> I just think they're in sync with each other. It's just interesting. I, I don't think Michael Norman has jumped over a hurdle uh, in probably a decade, but I just I think that they just can do everything together. They have a way. They're like magnets. They're, they pull each other uh, to great performances. That's what I'm saying. What if they just said as like a prank? They just like go when like in the end of like their careers, they're like all right, Rye, you get to run the 400. I'm going to run the 400 hurdles, and we're both going to try to make the meet in. Uh... <laughs> opposite or they not maybe not do it at the trials but like enter a mm -hmm. meet where one runs a four one runs a four inch hurdles will be fun mm -hmm. uh anyway. and on this topic uh our producer travis he got greedy he's trying to get benjamin to do a 400 meter hurdle 400 double uh now the crying emoji is included in this tweet so i don't know how to interpret this but it's not a no i mean yeah it's not a no full send boys <laughs> According to uh, Webster's dictionary, means absolutely not a no. Not a no. It's not a no. So, I mean, what's first, the four hundred or the four hundred hurdles? 
At trials or at the at the trials? Let me look it up. Because we know some women are going to be doing it, right? We know that someone like a Shamir Little is going to do it. We think. We don't, we don't know. We think. We've we don't know. But like, we can assume that someone like an Ashley Spencer or Shamir Little will attempt both because they know the little Muhammad and Sydney McLaughlin are waiting for them in the 400 hurdles. So it's good to have a backup mm. plan. 400 is first. 400 mm. is first. He'd have a lot of days off if he wanted to do it. He should do it. Go for it. Look, I can tell you one thing. Here's another thing I'll bet my house on. Rye Benjamin making the 400 meter hurdle team. Mm. There's a, That's a there's Rye Benjamin. To be honest, because what if he trips and falls? No, he has he done it yet? There's it such a huge been. gap between him Hurdle and the nine. second best person. There's such a huge gap between him and the second best person in yeah. the United States in the four-meter hurdle. So I think he could do it. I think he could 100% do it. Now, what do you want to do it at the Olympics? Is it possible at the Olympics? Because then you're going up against Warholm and Samba, totally different yeah, ball game. Let's touch on some question marks here from this weekend. We already talked about Lyles' double. Uh, Jenny Simpson, ninth in the 1500, runs 410 in a race run by won by Laura Muir. I'm not worried at all. Are you, I, are you going to say that you're worried about a person who's made every team since 2007? She's starting to, if you look at her, her Instagram, let's read it. I came from my first race in over a year to preview the stadium where the next Olympic trials are going to be. I didn't have a great performance today, but the road to Tokyo was always going to be a great challenge. And I'm up for another great challenge. Was all was it always going to be a great challenge though? Because is it a great challenge for Shelby? No, because okay, I'm not trying. Jenny's one of the all. First of all, before I even get into this, yeah. criticizing Stop. Jenny Simpson, she's one of the all time great uh, distance women we've ever had and will ever come. Right, so let that be a no. But I think it is telling to like she is not the Jenny Simpson of 2015s and 13s and 17s. Like she's a different. She's getting older, and it's okay. We're not great mm -hmm. forever. And I think this performance and her react and her post about like, hey, this was always always going to be a difficult task. It, it just it gives you the vibe that this isn't a like, oh, whatever. I was I was yeah, four ten, who cares? I was just trying to get my feet wet, rust buster. Yeah. I think there is something to it. And I don't think we talked about ooh, women's fifteen hundred, hardest team to make, because you got Ellie Purier, you got Shelby Houlihan and Jenny Simpson, that Jenny Simpson maybe not be as strong as an automatic top three now. And I think most people probably are going to think that third spot is now open. Before we thought no spots were open, it was Shelby, Ellie, and Jenny. But this mm -hmm. performance, I think, and her reaction to it, I think says that the spot is open. And mm -hmm. Jenny's one of the people who could still get it, but it's not as like guaranteed sell your house for it. I'm buying. I'm buying. If people are jumping you now, buying I'm buying. Oh, 100%. You know why the road to Tokyo was always going to be tough? Because it's her fourth Olympic team if she makes it. How many people have made four Olympic teams? How many people haven't missed on a championship team since 2007? She hadn't run a race since indoors 2020. So it had been, had been over a year. She jumps right into the fire in a race where Laura Muir... We talked about Oliver Hoare being aggressive. Uh, Laura Muir, I mean, there was no rabbit even. She just jumped to the front and and put pressure on the entire field. You go back and you look at Jenny Simpson's 
season openers or season debuts, she's usually pretty solid, right? She wins at Drake, or if she runs indoors, she runs that New Balance meet and puts a good time. I'm not saying this is like, oh, par for the course. She always has a 410 that she runs, or she always runs a, uh, it takes her a while to get going. But these are unusual circumstances, and I still think she was fine. I think if there was an issue, I don't think she would have entered the race. Like, I think if there was a clear issue of like the preparation wasn't great, I don't think she was, she'd enter the race. And she mentioned in my interview with her, she knows all the workouts that she's done and she's still hitting those times. So she, she knows where she's at. So even though she didn't race a lot, she, she'll be ready to go when the time comes. Um, I do think we are going to see, not specific to her, but just in general, at the Olympic, people who were really grand in 2020 a lot because that got them going, that kept them motivated and that put them to a new level. New level. But I think we're also going to see, Gordon, people who maybe regretted racing too much. So it's just about matter of finding that balance. I'm just leaning on she's going to have the ending that like Leo Manzano had. Leo Manzano, every year we wanted to count him out and then he would make the team, right? And it became a trophy, like, don't count out Leo. And then there was that mm-hmm. moment when it didn't work. And I think that was in 2016 when he got, four, was it the 2016 trials when he got fourth? Yeah. Or was yeah. it 2017? I'm not sure which year it was. But I thought he it was 16. He missed by one. Yeah. Yeah. He got fourth to Blankenship, right? And it was close. And it, it was the end of a, of a great Leo era. And I think we could be just, you know, five years later doing that same thing with Jenny, the great, the end of a great Jenny era. And this is, mm-hmm. again, but the difference uh, is Jenny's been like plugging along now for like 14 years. Does it eventually come to an end? Of course, but it's hard to find a, uh, a parallel with her. You'd probably have to look at someone like Bernard the God or yeah, someone who just true. continually makes teams and is a factor year in and year out. Right, Two so more. You're willing, ho- you willing to put up your house on uh, her being top three? <laughs> I don't have that many houses and I've already spent them on Noah Lyles and Ryan Benjamin. So okay, I'm going to, okay. I'm going to keep the deed to my house for this one. Two more okay. Felix seventh in the hundred 1130. I don't think this is a question mark cause she's not a hundred runner anymore. She's a 400 meter runner. She's not even going to focus on the 200 this year. So I think the performance was, was fine. I thought, I mean, she was close to or beat some hundred meter specialists. So I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it, this performance really tells us uh, one way or the other. The 400 team is going to be hard to make. It was always going to be hard to make. But I think she's looking at that women's 400 and she's seeing, okay, which Americans are capable of running sub 50. Uh, none of them did it in this race. The conditions weren't that great, but we've obviously seen Shamir Little, Quinera Hayes run some fast times this year. So I'd take a TBD on Felix. We need to see her in a, co- uh, in a quarter first, which I guessing I mean, we'll probably I see think- at Mount Sac. I think she's definitely not making the top three team, but her goal is be top eight. So I'm on the relay and get two more medals. That's what I think her goal is. I don't think she's in 49 seconds shape, but maybe, maybe well, I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I don't, don't know. We'll I don't know. If we're, yeah. I don't know if we're going to need to run 49 seconds. Shape. Again, I'm not, I, I think she's going to be in the mix. I think she's going to make the final. And then as the cliche says, anything can happen at that point. The other one, that I want to talk about the other question mark. And this is a literal question mark. I have no idea what's going to happen to the U S men's steeple. Does anybody know? like put up these results? 
here from from the Rays. Everything got twist turned upside down. You had Isaac Updike and Mason Furlick running fast. So there's more people with the standard, but Bohr, who was one of the people who was looked at as a potential favorite. Let's put those results up uh, there, Alon, if you had a chance. Obsa Ali, I think, just missed it uh, as well. So we don't know. We haven't seen Evan Jager. I just don't know what's happening with this event, Gordon. Do you have any answers? Oh, I have all the answers. Don't get me wrong. Uh, first of all, Andy Bayer watching this race being like, I've made a huge mistake. Maybe he should come out of retirement and uh, try to make a team because uh, when you see someone like Hillary Bohr and Stanley Cabeni not do well in this race, they were looked at as like kind of locks for that top three spot along with Jager. Mm -hmm. But when they have these off races, you're like, okay, they're not in their same uh, fitness or status that we thought they would be. And these newcomers are coming in, but they're not coming in running 18, sub 8, 8, 10. They're running eight high teens in uh, Updike and Furlick. It just becomes wide open. Jager is an unknown. He has no time to his name. Uh, you have to imagine he could, if he's healthy, he will be a top three guy. But yeah, mm -hmm. I think this is going to become a, especially if Hillary Bohr and Stanley Cabeni follow up this performance with another subpar type performance for their, for their standards. Then yeah, the steeple is going to be a shuffle up and deal, and it could be anyone's, anyone's game. Mm -hmm. MJ in the chat says, I think he's referring to Allison Felix. Here. He says the announcer said she's focusing on the two hundred for the Olympics. Really? That would be an interesting decision because that would just take your that would take you out of the four hundred meter pool entirely. That would be that'd be interesting. I guess. I mean, the two hundred. I'm assuming Richardson's going to run the two hundred. There's no easy teams. I've to make yeah richardson and and steiner my two long jenna, jenna prandini well jenna prandini looked good i mean Brady brown got a medal gabby thomas and janelle pretty good yeah G gabby thomas there's a it's, it's deep no matter where you where you look i would be interested in that decision just from a, a relay perspective as well uh we got a picture here before we move on of uh isaac yeah Updike pumped up what do you think of that kit? i like it so that's i a, like it there was a new uh the new track club they got in New York, kind of the what was New Jersey New York Track Club, kind of spawned off into the Empire Track Club. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I like the kit. I like the font. Uh, there were some kits I wasn't crazy about. I'll wait till we do our uh, full kit rankings on the ones I was not that crazy about. But I, uh, I like it. It's good to see a new a new jersey out there too. You no like pun the intended. tape over the over the logo. <laughs> He's unsponsored, so he's not giving anyone credit tape? for his uh, we need, 17. We need less We need less uh, tape. Uh, MJ says, no love for the women's 100. Where's Bowie? Well, Bowie ran it that meet in, in Florida and was well back, so we got to wait and see if she's she's going to factor in this year. Uh, are we experiencing a changing of the guard? Yeah, I think it's Richardson is solid, but I think you have the old guard there with with Fraser Price and then obviously Elaine Thompson there. I think right now it's a three woman race for for the hundred. That looks to be the medal contenders right now, or the gold medal contenders. Other other people can factor in. But right now I I, I feel good about one of those three. Okay. We did we talked a little bit about Fred Curley before. Dude, he goes nine ninety one. Nine ninety one. So he joins the sub forty four sub 10 club he needs to get that sub 20 in there which i'm sure he can do ran it uh down in florida so a big race 
for him. Uh, Kator Orji broke the American record in the triple jump. Shamir Little ran a 204-800, which is good. That's oh, really fast. That's really fast. Uh, Travis, post put up the uh, the tweet that I put in the in the notes. So we're going to do a little sleuthing. I'm not sure, uh, but she posted about how she ran a 204. Apparently, she ran another two, uh, 800 like a few years ago, but didn't want people to know about it. Um, but she tweeted out, I'll, I'll just, unless we can't get it up, I'll just read it here. Hold on. Yeah, here we go. So she said, coach and I are on a mission and every move made thus far has a purpose. I'm so pleased with the direction that things are going Two or four in an off event with competitive effort. And I'm actually crazy enough to want to do it again and go faster. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, if you look at this tweet, if you scroll down, if you scroll down on, a lot on, of investigating. on the tweet, they maybe they don't show it, but it says this tweet was deleted by the tweet author right there. See this, this tweet was deleted by a tweet author. So what that tweet said was she was comparing the 400 hurdles to the 800. And she said that the 400 hurdles was more difficult than the eight. And she says, if you want to debate me, talk to your, talk to, she's like said, talk to your mom or something like did some trash talk. But once again, we always have this, you know, the community wants to say, what's the hardest event? You know, you have the 400 hurdles with, you know, it's hard with the hurdles, 800, you have to go long distance, all that stuff. But Shamir Little now adding to the fire of like, hey, 400 hurdles is harder than the 800. What do you do? You agree with that? Do you think the 400 hurdles is harder than the 800? I still think the 800 is harder than the 400 hurdles, but I mean, maybe I don't know. The, maybe I don't I, know. So, well, the 400 hurdles just adds that technical element in it and the timing element, and it just seems like a lot to think about while you're while you're doing it, and obviously seems physically grueling. So it's a different. I think you're comparing like apples to oranges when you when you talk about those those two events. I'm just impressed. Wow. Two or four, comparing running to running. Yeah. Wait, no, uh, it's 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 hurdling. Like it's hurdling. Like that's the there's a whole different component to it. Like Donovan true. Brazier and Raven Rogers don't need to measure out their steps before they run the 800. It's just completely, completely different. Um, so perhaps third for the two Dalil, or four. That's good. Dalil Muhammad would talk about doing 800s in in practice. Yeah. Few years yeah. ago, and she ran like two oh sixes. And Dilla Muhammad thinks she could break two minutes in the eight hundred. Now I see Shamir Little running two oh four, thinking she can go faster. Could we see I mean, these four hundred meter hurdlers start like overtaking and like kind of encroaching on the eight hundred? And they're 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 already taking over the flat four hundred. Now they're gonna want to start <laughs> exactly. taking over the flat eight hundred. It's gonna be Shamir Dalila and Ashley Spencer all over the place. Just decathletes before we know it yeah. all over the place. Uh, speaking of the 400, uh, Noah Williams over the weekend of LSU ran 44-30 NCAA lead in the quarter, uh, beat Bryce Dedman of Texas A&M who ran 44-58, which is the second best time of the year. This is noteworthy, of course, because, well, you can see how fast he is there running the 400. But this is noteworthy, of course, because before the outdoor season got going – Noah Williams, who's the reigning indoor champion, it was not high high enough, I thought, on Gordon's rankings. So I, I brought it up, and Gordon said, well, you have to do something outdoors first, which, of course, caught the attention of uh, Williams himself when Gordon mentioned that. 
Um, so he responded, well, do you want to talk about this, Gordon? This is you getting dunked on. So do you want to explain your own dunking here? So I don't feel like I'm being dunked on, to be honest. I, I, <laughs> That's what they all I say. Don't feel like I'm being, I don't feel like I'm being dunked on. First of all, it was these aren't NCAA rankings, right? I think I had them ranked high in the NCAA, clearly, because he was coming off of winning the NCAA title. Right, this was U.S. rankings. Yes, U.S. rankings, all right? And I think I had him, what was he ranked? 11th, maybe? Mm-hmm. I think I had him ranked 11th before this. In the new rankings, he's going to be ranked 6th. So he's moving up, but he's not... So the th- my current rankings now are Michael Norman one, Fred Curley two, Kamari Montgomery three, Nathan okay, Strother four, now. Trevor Stewart five, Noah Williams six. And I get it, Strother and Stewart aren't running as fast, but like Strother was third at USA's in 2019. Stewart made the final. They both all run faster than 44-3 in 2019. I get it, it's 2019, but he's moving up, and I think Noah Williams. Once we get through SECs, he'll probably move up from six to maybe even fourth. Maybe ultimately before the trials start, he'll be ranked third. But like just because you're not ranked high in March doesn't mean you're going to be mm-hmm. stuck there and that I'm going to ignore anything you do. People move up the rankings and people move down. So Noah Williams Here's is coming I... from not running at USA's in 2019, not running at all in 2020. The only thing he had was a fast indoor time, which is great, which is why he was right. ranked in the first place. And now he's run fast. But this is and I, it's awesome. And he's going to continue to run faster. And there I say, he could be going into the trial to rank third in my rankings behind Curly and Norman. But right now, you gotta you gotta keep going and earn it. I mean, why would I diminish Kamari Montgomery? Why would I diminish Nathan Strother, who got third in, in 2019? You can't do that. But here's how you said it, though. Here's what you actually said. I said you forgot Noah Williams because I have the transcript right here. Shout out to Travis. He went sub 45 indoors. And then your response, indoors, man, come on. Do something outdoor and get back to me. So then he did that. Credit to him. He did something outdoors. I just think it was funny. You thought that a 400 meters PB would be better indoors than outdoors. Like you didn't think that he'd be able to run faster than 44-7 outdoors. So then he responds. They get the clip. LSU, good job by their social media person digging up the clip and and finding hey. it. Do we got that one up there? No, no, Gordon. I want to I want to show this to the to the listeners now. You had your chance to respond okay. to the dunking. I don't know if we can find the <laughs> find the clip. I just thought it was funny. Uh, so so that there we have it. And uh, if it serves as a motivation, uh, can we play the audio? audio? Is that possible? I don't know if we can play the audio. We're experimenting with all the different. Ah, can't play the audio. There we go. Hey, Uh, I'm okay. Yes. I I got dunked on also by Portland State uh, this past weekend for (laughs) my comment on their athlete, Abdi Keenan. Because I thought the word uh-huh. Keenan looked like the word Kenyan, and I made a joke about it. And then he goes out and runs fourteen fourteen, and his teammates all show up and uh, and and brag about it. If you just go to, uh, they I don't think they tweeted from their account. They, some they just liked it from their account anyway. So you're but saying yeah, go, go, you go, go, go to diminishing uh, somebody is the best sign for Travis. <laughs> don't ever go to at Gordon Mac on Twitter unless you're the yeah, Sixers GM. That. Then you should go to. Pull that up right there. Oh, man. Just yeah. Gordon taking a beating on social media. It's just tough. Hey. I, I, it's a, it's, it's a blessing. It's a, well, it's a blessing. When you when you downplay someone, then you know it's going to be good. I just like that they went through the 
the trouble of the, you know, they waited till Williams ran faster than he did indoors, found the clip, cut it, put it up, tagged you. I thought it was great work all around. So this is, this is a good job by the, the LSU squad. Here's the there. thing though. Did uh, they post it mm. after he ran his 44 three or did they do it before? They did it after, didn't they? Oh, didn't see, they? Wasn't that the, the whole point? So it's like, yeah. Well, they were waiting. Well, they, why did they wait? Well, it, what about beforehand? He you know, noticed it. He noticed it. He noticed it before he posted okay. the stuff before. Uh, and then they just highlighted the clip after. So it was, uh, it was a team effort there. One more yeah. story. I know well, we're, we're, we're running. LSU looking good. I mean, here. speaking of one, one more time, speaking of LSU, Aaliyah Hobbs, sure. uh, ran really fast uh lsu grad she ran like low 990s um not 990s low 1090s um she's gonna definitely be in the conversation to challenge shikari i mean shikari's definitely going to be the heavy favorite but we could see an lsu one two at the olympic trials uh lsu alumni one two in Aliyah hobbs and shikari richardson which would be cool we could see a lot of lsu right lsu obviously no williams now he's in contention to be top three a lot of lsu all over the all over the track Mm-hmm. All right. We'll leave it there. Uh, I wanted to jump into this Tinman stuff, but there's more developing. So I don't want to like say stuff. And then there's another response to the response to the response. So we'll say that for Wednesday's show, right? We need a Wednesday yeah. show. We got, a lot. we got a lot to talk about. Yeah. And there's plenty, plenty of stuff going on there. Uh, so the email address, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the Flowtrack Podcast YouTube channel and to the Flowtrack youtube channel as well thanks everybody for listening thanks for downloading we'll be back on wednesday 